Warning, the content in this podcast contains some explicit language which may be offensive to some listeners and may be inappropriate for children. Therefore, the content in this podcast is intended for a mature audience only. So, would you fall in love with hip hop? Right here, what we're going to do is go back. This is Mother T. This is Capri. This is Mika. And this is Dante. And I am Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we have a special guest with us, as you can see. Um, so how has you all's weekend been? I'm tired. I actually just dropped back in from Tulsa. Like, literally, just dropped back in. So I'm tired. Mm, I, didn't. I spent with the kids majority of the time. So yeah, I'm good. I don't really mm. did too much. Um... Yeah, I, I'm tired. Um, Ray's birthday was yesterday, so we went and celebrated her birthday. Went to dinner, and then after that, I went to a sidecar with them. Oh, okay. Which one did you go to? Downtown? The one town, downtown. I've never been to that one downtown. I heard it's pretty nice. It's nice. Um, it was just really laid back. She didn't really want to do too much, so, oh, um, right. so we kind of did. Took shots and took shots and took some more shots. How are you feeling today? Um... I feel just fine. That's not the issue. I'm just, okay. you know, um, I didn't start working out again. That's why I don't feel good. Like, because y'all know, like, my shoulders and stuff, I got really bad. I don't know. That car accident messed me up. So anytime I work out my shoulders, I feel like the tension that's in my shoulders pulls on my neck and then gives um, me a headache. I have to just deal with it. But Part of that is getting older, too. My, no, because I didn't start doing that until I got to that accident. <laughs> I know, but sometimes the older we get, like more stuff start hurting. Oh, that's, yeah, that's I, for sure. I, you know what? And I love stairs, but them stairs about killed me today. I had to like catch my breath before I walked <laughs> in the room. I'm like, let me like not go in there out of breath. Like, but I'm I'm going to the gym tomorrow. I'm starting back up tomorrow. You should try a new. Right. You should try different uh, different exercise. What you're doing is hurting you. Well, no, it it really don't matter because. Um, I think part of it is I didn't rehab my shoulder enough after the accident. I just kind of got back into and I just kind of I got to the point I was tired of the chiropractor thing, and I really should have probably got like an MRI on my shoulder because my shoulder is really really jacked up. But and it's on the side that they where they hit me too on my mm-hmm. car, so it's probably just this shoulder. But it's just this shoulder. It's not nothing have else. Have you tried resistant bands? Um, I have, and they hurt too. Like, it don't matter. I was going to get a book, too. It was good. It's okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You can keep talking. <laughs> y'all was so nosy. That's what that, that's <laughs> one thing. You know what? That's one thing about y'all. Well, you know that. You can't even have a conversation with one without the other one stopping. <laughs> and she like, well, what's she talking about? You in a full-fledged conversation with this man. <laughs> Because this is the problem is she started doing these hand gestures look, look, and stuff. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> What's going on over Y'all here? know I talk with my hands. Yeah. But Y'all it's okay because I'm looking over like, well, what happened? Okay. Nothing. I was just going to get a book. That's all I said. Oh, yeah. Because to elevate it, that's all. You can oh, try okay. CBD. Um, they got, it's called Hemp Freeze. You can try that. You know what? I actually, um, my uh, brother-in-law has CBD oils. And anytime I use them, 
uh, like the whatever the free stuff is. Mm-hmm. Anytime I use it, like literally, it like it's done. It's done. Like oh, I it? don't, girl. Yeah, I need to go. I really need to it get works. some. They've told me to get some, and every time I go there, cause my sister will like rub it on my shoulder, or rub it on my mm-hmm. neck and stuff. And it's CBD free, girl. It's no, like it's a, CBD. It's like hemp free. Yeah, hemp? it's it's like um you know like icy hot or like okay, bio okay. But you girl, that, that stuff is temporary. No, this stuff you can just literally rub it on there. Yeah, but you do it every every four hours. Yeah, about ten minutes later, you good. But I think yeah. my back just hurt all the time because sitting in. Well, I told y'all that though. Yeah. Day. When I was telling y'all, my back literally kills Definitely. me sitting in that chair. Man. Yes, the posture, and then I don't get up that whole time I'm at work. I don't stand up and walk around for fit nothing. So that's the whole thing. So yeah, but yeah, it definitely works. Like I, I can't say. Do that when it's not hurting, and then um, work out with it. Then you start to build the shoulder up, and eventually it'll lessen the pain. Okay, that's what I need to do then. Cause yeah, my whole—I mean, the thing is, my whole upper body right now is sore anyway. So like my arms, cause I worked upper body like yesterday. So I got up this morning, and all of this was hurt. I was just like, oh my gosh, here we go with this. You get again. a pool too. A pool? Mm-hmm. Like swim pool? Mm-hmm. What's that do? I don't know how to pool, swim first. Pool, you don't have to swim. <laughs> 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 Look, I'm just not trying to get my hair wet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm okay with all of that. I'm like, but uh, if I got to do anything that requires swimming. No, you got to swim because swimming, uh, being in the pool and doing like, you know, movements or whatever is less impact on your joints. That is true. Because oh, you know they sense. have like water aerobics and a yeah. lot of um, like older people do water yeah, aerobics. Yeah. So I, I should probably that. try that one day. Water aerobics. And the why? Do it and I go. With the why have a pool, but it's like right there, like where everybody can see you. Like if it was like a little more secluded, I probably would. But just or a hot tub. Huh? You don't want to see. No, it's like right there where everybody working out at. So I know I don't want everybody looking at me like that. Oh. You don't. I would not full display. I mean, it's old, but first of all, they probably doing water aerobics in the middle of the day. Yeah. <laughs> silver, <laughs> silver sneakers. That's the name of it. Is it? Silver sneakers. Yeah. They probably do oh, that yeah. in the middle of the day. Ain't no young folks in there doing they no water aerobics. They say every nursing home. Really. I mean, hey, center, yeah. whatever works. Water it is whatever works. Cause I, I mean, thirty three years old, and then with them six and seven. Cause my little muscles sore right now. Just whatever little bit I was doing last night. Kind <laughs> <laughs> of look. So somebody uh was trying was asking me about my knees or something. You know, cause Meg, you got Meg to say out here bouncing on these knees real good, and somebody was like. Somebody got some got good knees. Some, some I have good knees. knees. Yeah, but you she, was at, she was at the plane of the, when we was at Trappy Hour. <laughs> she bent down. She stood oh, down. She was on them knees. And that girl, all the people, all the men around us was like, you okay? And somebody, in, like, yeah. and somebody inboxed me the next day was like, how are your knees? Like, they don't hurt. They're fine. Because she sat down and just like, you know, bent down on her knees. Girl, I don't to like talk. Yeah, you was talking to me. Which, yeah. you know, oh, you ain't bouncing on them knees. I want to see you bouncing. No, on I did knees. start dancing. Yeah, no, 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 like bouncing like Meg is bouncing Her, on her she knees. She ain't Meg. She's talking about like... <laughs> no, I know what she's like. She has like, like, <laughs> she, <laughs> she bouncing now. It's one thing like, I ain't got down. I, I mean, I can bend down on my no, knees. No, it wasn't bending down. She I was mean, there. Okay, like, I can get down on my knees. No, no, like no get down on knees. That ain't what y'all was doing. Yeah. But I'm talking about Meg the Stallion knees. Yeah, they always say. But did y'all see the video? Are you on Facebook? You on Facebook? Mm -hmm. Did y'all see the video of the older lady that was dancing at a party and she was on them knees forever? Yes, she was. I thought about you when I seen her. Did you? Yeah, I did. Y'all should have sent me the video. This lady was getting it. Mm -hmm. She's like in a gray something. 
But she got with it. She gotta be, but in her sixties, maybe. Every bit. Well, don't I tell you, you y'all don't look. You pushing. You know, you be always saying that's your. You say that's your goal. That's I tell y'all that. Well, look, go ahead, bounce the knees. Keep them, uh, them limbs like uh, lubricated. <laughs> like, take like, my like fish oil, in. my other oils, <laughs> olive oil. Like, I said that for this year. I'm so they'll start taking fish oil every day. I can't goodness. take. They fish say oil. you you shouldn't take it every day and make. Well, it not every day, but I'm gonna start taking it. I've never heard. Make it vagina taste fishy. Because you know, like anything you ingest, they say anything you ingest will come out of somewhere. And I've heard some people say, I mean, when you do eat stuff, I mean, but if you if you in a relationship or married, I guess he'll he'll understand. But if you out here single, you'll be like. Like take some olive oil, like a tablespoon. A tablespoon. People say take olive oil. A tablespoon of olive oil. So you can take other stuff. That's so like the thick. And that black seed oil. It's just kind of like oil. like castor oil. It's just like so. I ain't fooling on castor oil. I ain't touched that stuff since I went into labor. Well, I only took it when I was in. Yeah, try to put myself in labor. Yeah, I can't do it. And you didn't. It didn't help you. Yeah, I did. I had both my kids behind castor oil. Did you? I sure did. You did too. You know that. I've never touched no. That's when I had little men. Yeah, that's why she had him because at home. Because that's why oil. I had him at home. Because yes. I took castor oil. Oh, girl. And the bottle says that it, you will cramp. Yeah, it say that you're going to go into cramps. And, you know, if you pregnant, you're not going to take it. So, I'm just sitting on yeah, the so toilet like, my stomach just hurting. Like. <laughs> and here comes the baby. Here comes the baby. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I ain't never doing that. Girl, yeah. I did it. Had both of them. Oh. Bless y'all's heart. Soldiers in there, boy. They are some soldiers. Give me that olive oil. Let me go get this baby. Side of vinegar in the mornings before you eat like 30 minutes and all that on this. Hmm. 
So yes, it's a part of it. Well, it's the first of the year. Hopefully, yeah. some people will get some um, good ideas off that apple cider. Go and get y'all some apple cider vinegar. See y'all get that right. weight that weight training, weight training. Uh, started. Mm-hmm. I'll be back in the gym tomorrow. I'm excited. You excited. I have some new headphones. I've been doing me a new playlist. Yeah. Look at you. All weekend. Got my little, uh, no, you know, got your hood music. Got your hood music. Got your hood music on there. Did y'all actually set, did y'all actually set, okay. Did y'all actually set like New Year's resolution? I didn't. No. Mm-mm. I don't believe in New Year's resolution. Do y'all? I kind of do. I never, I don't do them. I really don't set New Year's resolution. What about you? Absolutely not. <clears throat> now I do. I will like at the beginning of every year when the church fast. I do fast. Okay, mine. I don't really start set today. New resolution. So okay, mine started today, but I forgot. Mine don't start on the thirteenth. So thirteenth, okay. but I mean, I'll do fasting, like kind of fasting and praying, and kind of like you know, cleansing kind of things. But I don't really do like re- revolution. Um, resolution. But I normally give something up during that time. So I would say, you know. Whatever it is, you know. So I'm gonna give up red meat. For this year, days. this year was the first year I didn't have black eyed peas. You did, and it bothered me. Can I can save some for you. I was hungover, oh. and I didn't even realize. It. <laughs> <laughs> I know <laughs> from New Year's Eve because I mixed the, the drink with champagne, and I probably shouldn't have did that, and so I wasn't feeling good, and so I was just in the bed all day. Okay. So yeah. this was the first year I ate mine for sure, I and something green. But I don't get. I don't usually get. Black eyed peas or sunny rings. I do every. I go to Erica's every house every year, year, but I couldn't even make it up to her house. I was like, you know, every single year I eat them. God got. So what is it supposed to happen? Like, what is the ritual behind black eyed peas and something green? Black eyed peas is for good luck, and green is for money. Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't know well, about the green thing. A lot of people thing. eat black eyed peas and don't have good luck or green. <laughs> you know, all it is a superstition. It's but just, I'm just a saying, superstition. You know, I, know. I don't believe in the New Year's resolution, but I do set. Organizational like goals, and they're necessarily gonna be on January first. Okay. It's my stuff is like, and any any time of the year versus exactly. oh, let me wait to January first and we get it. No, I'm not big on that. I just think that some of those holidays lead to um, people. To, it it kind of leads to like depression and anxiety and things like depending on whatever that person had been through throughout the year, and it is every year at the same time. So I, I don't really play holidays don't play a big part in my existence because I, I look a bit deeper versus I, first is big business you got people going broke because they want to buy Christmas presents or have the most gifts under the tree you know so that kind of stuff I just stay away from it because it's, it's kind of productive it's commercial it it's commercial it's very commercialized and then I agree with y'all. I do think it caused depression because, like, I looked at some people's trees, like they posted on Facebook, and they had so many gifts. And yes. I like to think of like that is a whole lot of money. Yes, under yes, your yes. tree. I mean, and then it sets the expectations for some people to believe or feel like this. They're like you're not a good parent or something's wrong right. with you because your Christmas tree don't look like that. Yes. Well, right. my Christmas tree y'all didn't look like that, but I know that what I had spent. I'm like, well, I didn't spend this and. I only got these little few gifts, but they, you know. But it, I think it messed with kids, though, too, because now with kids having, like, social media and stuff, they're able to see other people's trees, and it's like, well, they got all this stuff under their tree. Well, because my kids going to come in there counting the gifts. What are y'all counting gifts for? So, for my family and the way I we work is um, both of my kids, and I started this um, 
I realized that I was starting to get anxiety, like real bad anxiety, like around the holidays. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely love like the holiday spirit mm-hmm. and like okay. spending time with my family and all of that. And I started feeling like I couldn't um, enjoy. actually enjoy that because <laughs> it would be times I would be like, oh my gosh, I got to buy this. I got to get this. I got to make sure they have this. I got to do this. I got to wrap this. I got to do this. I got So I started um, probably right after I had Legend. I just started doing one gift a year. So one gift, could, and then I started talking to them about like what the meaning of Christmas was, what's mm-hmm. the purpose of celebrating, what we do, how we do things, stuff, stuff, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So um, just kind of giving that more of that undertone of like, I'm not buying a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Y'all get stuff all year long. Like I, I just literally today cleaned out Legends toy box. And threw toys away. You and that's what kids need to realize is that, is that you get stuff all year long. Yeah. But they don't because we live in... Um, True. We Our community, we continue to pass down um, dysfunctional uh, patterns of behavior, which lead to dysfunctional relationships. And with our kids, what we teach them is like, your value is associated with how many gifts you get or the or things materialistic that you have. stuff. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Anything materialistic. Your, yeah, your yeah, value right. is associated with that. You're absolutely yeah. right. Very much so. So I just Which stopped is doing so that. Unfortunate. So you know, I, I didn't stress that. We didn't have first father didn't buy a Christmas tree. Because I bought real trees. And by the time that I kinda got into the mood of like going to get a tree it was like the weekend before Christmas. So I was like, uh, no point in doing that because I have to drag the tree in the house. Decorate it, <laughs> take it all down, drag tree back out the house, find somewhere to dump it because y'all know I live in, in those condos, so I can't just dump it. Like it was just a lot, and I was like, we're not doing that. And then both of my babies were not with me for Christmas, so I was kind of like, it's pointless. I mean, I'm not putting nothing under the tree. And then um, I just gave them money and um, <clears throat> took Legend to open a bank account um, for his first bank account, and then gave money, a money from there, and then just left it at that what I could afford to do. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes it that just for me, that just lessened my anxiety. And then also, they don't look at other stuff and other people and think, oh, well, you know, you got all of this, so that means that I'm less valuable, whatever. You know, even Legend will say, well, Christmas isn't about gifts. And that's because I've taught him that from the very beginning. Right. So well, That's good. Yeah. Like no, my kids don't ask for a lot. Teaching your kids about Santa Claus. I was riding with my son um, probably a couple of weeks ago. And I looked at him, and he was sitting over there, just me and my son. I was like, look at my big boy. And uh, I said, you know what, son, I got to talk to you about something. Turn the radio down. I said, um, I need to apologize to you. He said, for what, Dad? I said, um, because, you know, I wasn't honest with you, and there is no Santa Claus. You know, I wasn't, I shouldn't have, I felt like I perpetuated that lie. And this is how I talked to my son. I perpetuated that lie when I shouldn't have, because that, I don't, if I tell you, not to lie to me, then I, I, I shouldn't be lying to you as well. So after I told him, he was like, Dad, I already knew that. <laughs> I said, no way. He's like, you done went through all of that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm thinking this is going to be a real deep conversation. Yeah. Like, is she going to tell me where babies come from? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. we knew yeah. that. Yeah. We knew yeah. that. But you know, yeah. that's another thing. You telling me, it, even as parents, you tell our, we telling our kids exactly. a fat white man come down in the mm-hmm. red suit 
to do in the chimney. See, and I've never really he ain't fat and white in my house. <laughs> if he gonna be anything, that guy's gonna exist. He gonna be black. Yeah. There ain't no fat white man coming in my house like that. Cause yeah. he ain't gonna make it back out. Well, I, after I realized how much money I was spending, I need you to know exactly where these gifts came from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She was like, mm-hmm. Santa, Santa Claus ain't yeah, got we the never really right. Yeah. Yeah. Like when they were little or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I think I guess I we used too. to say Santa Claus. We used to put cookies out. Yeah, milk. You know, yeah. milk when like yeah. my son was younger, but because I guess my son is eight years older, yeah. you know, okay. she wouldn't have probably never believed right. in Santa Claus I mean, we whatsoever. Let, mm-hmm. We let legend believe as far as I was going to let him believe him, but yeah. I, like I told him, Santa Claus ain't, you know, that ain't what Santa Claus looked like, because mm-hmm. if Santa Claus is going to look like anybody, he's going to represent the person that's actually giving you some gifts, so he's going to mm-hmm. be my color at least. <laughs> <laughs> and then we don't take pictures with Santa Claus, because I don't believe in putting your kids on strangers' laps and stuff, and I think sometimes we open up these doors to things like you can't sit on the Easter Bunny lap, you don't need to be sitting on Santa Claus lap. You, I mean, strange in nature, we say don't do certain things, but then we allow them to do I just don't. So it's and contradictory. Then, yeah, yeah. It sets up room for confusion. Right. Yeah. No, you can't sit on no. You're not sitting on Santa Claus's lap. I don't care if he orange, green, purple, pink, black, white, orange, whatever color he is. You ain't sitting on his lap, and we ain't taking no pictures. Like, right. so I just that kind of stuff. I just never really did with him. And then I never really did it with Anaya either, though. I haven't either. I ain't gonna tell I you. Mean, we we, we too fairy. From time to time. I like Tooth Fairy because you know, you're giving your yeah. kids some money. <laughs> but the Tooth Fairy, I don't think my kids ever believed in that either because yeah. I think they knew that I was actually, and then I it make it so bad. I keep my kids' teeth, teeth, girl. So they're in a, like, my jewelry thing. So they didn't found the teeth and everything. Their teeth is on her and say their name and what day. And I'm just like, what? No, my problem, I would just forget to go put it under the pillow. So maybe like the tooth fairy yeah. still didn't come. Like, I'm thinking to myself, well, maybe maybe they'll come tomorrow. But then I will forget about it. Like, look a week later. Just keep your tooth under there. Look a week later. Tooth fairy on vacation. Yeah, yeah. She take vacations. Too. Anaya's done really good. That's really the cute part about it. The night has played tooth fairy for later. So I haven't oh, had okay. to. So she'll put her money or her little dollars that she got, she'll yeah. do it and put it in there, which I just let them have their thing. Mm-hmm. But the tooth, yeah. he's found a tooth or two. And he'd be like, well, mama, why did the... I said, baby, the tooth fairy was busy. She probably dropped it on her way out. <laughs> <laughs> she probably dropped it. You know, it. tooth fairy was busy. And y'all know busy. I go to sleep, so my husband used to always do the tooth fairy stuff. Yeah, I'd be like, did you do the tooth? He'd be like, yes, girl, because I'd be sleeping before they'd be probably didn't sleep anyway. And kids, I mean, I just think it's cute because they're so excited. And sometimes they're trying to pull that tooth out. Right. Like they trying. They, my they want the money. Yeah, yeah. So it's cute. Yeah. Anyway. So, question of the day. Um, so, do you believe that um, you date or attract the same kind of person? Mm. Mm. And I'm saying, like, so we always look at that and say, like, the same type. Like, oh, I like dark-skinned men, tall, they all um, mm-hmm. have beards, uh, this, that, and the other. I'm saying, like, personality, uh, maybe <coughs> habits, or maybe, like, some of their mannerisms, the way that they kind of act around you. Um, do you believe that you attract some of the same kind of people? Um, I wouldn't call it attraction, but I would say... Or date maybe. Um, you may, depending on the environment in which you have grown grown in, um, some people may uh, be attracted to traits of the opposite parent. You know what I mean? Um, as far as like 
I don't know. I, I, I've thought about that, like, because I get people all the time to say that, like, that, like when you're doing something, always, maybe what are you doing? It's what you're doing to what you attract. To be honest, how can how can you attract anybody? What power do you have in, the, in attracting someone? You can't help who decides to befriend you or, you know, date or, you know, want to get, get your attention or date you, right? I mean, initially it starts off with, is he looks good. Or you she know, good. Or she look yeah. good. Like, okay, that's yeah. kind of my type. Like somebody that I would talk to. But then once you get deep down into talking to them, they're really kind of similar. Some of them are similar to the, to the people, people that you've that you talked, talked to, to in before. the past. But that's yeah. based on your perception. That may be two that may be they may be two different people. They are two different people, definitely. But because you have you're programmed, because you have this set type. You're gonna look for the characteristics. That's that probably, you want that's to probably see. So the maybe that's what it is. That's exactly yeah. what it is. It's, it's, nothing, a, it's yeah. a perception. You're gonna look for the, the you you already programmed. You're right. I never so looked at it. You're gonna look like for that. those characteristics, even if they're not you're probably there. Right. Right. I think that's true because, like, when I talk to certain people, I'll be like, okay, they acting like such and such, or they kind of doing the same stuff that such and such. So it's kind of like it, it stands out more, I guess. Or. I guess like um, because it's who you looking at too. I mean, but I think also more about who you pay attention to, maybe it because is. It, but again, that's you looking for the behavior that you want to yeah. see. It ain't really ain't you attracting them because they ain't even approached you yet. But I bet y'all didn't kind of caught eye because if y'all ain't if I if I'm looking at you and you looking at me, we probably didn't caught an eye. So probably the only reason you may come and approach you, maybe because most people are you going know. for the person that they're not going to feel rejection from. I don't know about that because I have a lot of people that approach me that probably should. <laughs> they may, they well, probably should because I'm probably. It's definitely most of the time it's gonna be a reject, but I don't know because a lot of men that approach me that probably shouldn't. I'm not gonna say that shouldn't that I'm not gonna be attracted to. Mm-hmm. I say that. I mean, yeah, that, that's true. I mean, you, they're people. Yeah, they shoot, they shot. Yeah, they, they shoot, shoot. They, yeah. Because you, never, mean, you know. never know. You never know. You never know unless you try. And you should. Right. Some people you be know. shooting high. <laughs> they, we talked about that though. And some everybody's what does ugly that mean? and everybody you like, you know, everybody. Like, what do you mean saying, when I say some people shoot high? Yeah, what does that mean? Um So <laughs> I have always said that I think that some people may like and not necessarily like think more highly of themselves uh-huh. than they should because I know that that's probably a bad thing to say but no it's not like so say for instance like you the guy at the I think so what <laughs> I think it's kind of a bad thing to say I don't think that they think they think high, more highly of themselves than they really are because what if they're really just that confident though but what, what, if, what, that, what does that confidence do for, okay so this is the that's other our part. perception of them but to me, like I might be the shit, but you might not think so. But what? But am I really thinking more highly of myself? But that's how I feel. I mean, and that's but fine. Want, but then you, want you don't want to portray your. So how you feel about you is one thing. But when you start to portray it onto other people, I think that's another. I think you're going into something different. I think it's okay to be confident and feel however way you want to feel within yourself. But then when I feel like then my confidence makes me want. So then you should want me because. I'm this, this, and that, and I feel like, and so when you come, when you're mad, or when I'm mad at you for not wanting me, because I'm, I'm I'm this, 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 and that, that. like, what's, so then, I think you're thinking more highly of yourself than you really are. I understand that. Okay, I do. Yeah. It becomes an issue when a person who, um, a person who is confident 
uses their confidence to belittle or be condescending towards someone. Okay, yes. there you go. That's, there you go. That's exactly. It's, it's, that is. It's, 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 that's the only time that confidence becomes an issue. Yes. It's when you're, like, when your confidence then becomes my my burden. Do you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, exactly. Like, you should be thankful I'm talking to you. Yeah, there, there, you, there go. you go. Okay, there so you go. There yes. you go. <laughs> because as, as a black, as a single black woman in the Oklahoma City area, it's not a lot of say successful black men or a lot of whatever so sometimes when people think more highly of themselves it's kind of like a lot of women want me you should be happy that I'm even approaching you or talking to you like I've had guys kind of like talk to me like that or you should even be happy that you're in my presence like how dare you I don't I normally don't even talk to such and such you know right or um, women with kids. How dare, you, women with kids. how dare you have a set of standards where the first date can't be that I can come to your house? Like, everybody's okay with me coming to their house. What's wrong with me? And what's wrong? Like, why can't I? Like, it's almost like you can't set, like, guidelines about who you are and who, what you'll accept because... And that's just because of previous women that they dealt with. But and I get though. that part, too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I get that, you know, it's the president from other people, but I feel like it's a problem when you think so highly of yourself that when you walk to everybody, that everybody it's supposed feel the to same. feel the same yeah. or you know I'm supposed everything that I did well it worked for her her and her so then what's wrong with you like you ain't all that you know and then you get I don't like that so I think but you gotta just when you study when studying human behavior um cause I'm a, I'm a licensed therapist and I've been practicing for about 13 years so I've seen a lot um my perspectives are going to be different, you know, odd sometimes, maybe a little weird, but um, when you see those type of per- people, men and women, they um, they lack self-esteem. So they're not, they may come off to you as super confident, but they lack self-esteem. So they're going to go for the ones who, again, like I said, that are, they feel it's not going to reject them. But then when they are rejected, then the self-esteem issues are going to arise as well, which is the name calling or the making you feel like, you know what I'm saying? You I'm should dang. be happy. Exactly. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. That does that make does. a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. So what about people who attract people that are, I always say like projects. So um, like, do you think, you feel so, like where they can like build where, them up and make Yeah, the like you know how some be? people will like, are only attracted, not necessarily only attracted to projects, but for some reason, the people that they date tend to have, a, like, be needy or, or need them for something, or they have some level of control over them. They're, those are people who are uh, codependent. When you, when you, because when you start to date someone or you're dating, you're going to know what you're looking for, in a sense. Um, and once you find out, and a lot of, a, a lot of dating takes, takes place physically first then once you start to get to know that person then that person knows what he or she can do so now if I want to if I want to feel good about myself again like quote unquote as a man um, uh, you get some people that say a man a man will say well, my woman ain't supposed to pay for nothing you know what I mean and it's a lot of people that live by those values however if you think of, think about from the beginning of uh, of time, you know the things that we have been taught have been to divide and not for us to be cohesive. Because at the end of the day, uh, relationships and marriages should be reciprocal relationships. You know, what I mean, you should both be able to enjoy the benefits of being in a relationship, not just because 
I'm a man or, you know, she's a woman and the, the gender specific values. So a lot of this stuff stem from the generational curses that we continue to perpetuate. And then we teach our kids these same type of uh, behaviors. And guess what they do? They take them from your home and into the community. I.e., you get these dudes who manipulate you. You know, they're going to lie to you, manipulate. Um, you get these females do the same thing. Men and women have the same exact behavior patterns. And they just, it, I know, you know, you look more, when you think about uh, dysfunction in the relationship, the blame it, uh, periodically goes to, to the man. What did you do wrong? Why didn't you keep her? I talked and I talked, I talked, I got a 12 year old, so I've been talking to him and I told him, I said, son, I do not want you to chase anybody. I don't care if you like the girl or whatever, do not chase them. Think about your friendships, right? Y'all could probably go two months, you know, pick the phone up and it feel like you pick right up back exactly. up. When you're chasing someone, i.e. dating, like I'm going to pay for all the dates. I'm going to open all the doors. I'm going to do, put my best foot forward. First of all, you are making me do something that I not that's not a part of me. You know what I mean? Then second, you're making me force something that probably shouldn't be in the first place. Because relationships, when they're more natural, they're more beneficial and they're more appreciative. So what we have now is you got guys that chase chicks that they know they're not going to get, but they keep chasing until they get them. Then they become upset when they get them, when they're not what they think they were in the beginning. You got females who chase dudes who, you know, got the cars and they look good. And then when they find out he's not who he's portraying, then there's disappointment. And then disappointment turns into hurt. And now we got a community of hurt people because we don't know how to be in relationships. That's true. And that's the thing. I think sometimes um, people think it's more valuable to be chased or to chase. Like, oh, well, he, you know, and I think the other harm to, like, him doing everything at the beginning or, like, is what happens when it is her turn to reciprocate. Right. Or to show him that he's valuable to her. Or right. and then a lot of people have the representative up at the beginning too, and that's what you get used to. And like it right. leads to disappointments because it's like okay, at the beginning you was doing all really this who stuff, you are. and now you done let your guard down. You got me now because they talk about that all the time. Do what you were doing in the beginning. Well, what you were doing in the beginning is not really who you really are. Exactly. But you've been taught to do that from your environment. Very true. You've been raised in your household to be fake. I know we don't like <laughs> you've been raised in your household to be fake. Son, go out here and be somebody that you're not. You know what I'm saying? If you go be somebody that in you're not. In certain environments, you, you, you kind of got to be. And I wasn't really saying it fake, but you is. have to adapt. You have to adapt to your environment. I yeah. won't necessarily say it's fake either. Because, I mean, the way that I'm going to be around my friends, of course, I'm not going to walk into work that same type of right, way. Right, right, right. You know what I'm right. saying? So, I mean, you just got to have to adapt to your environment. I mean, as long as you can tell your kids. You know, I tell my kids all the time because my, like, my son was telling we had to go somewhere for for a Christmas dinner and he was like I just hate those fake conversations girl because he had to keep talking to like people uh-huh. he was like I hate those fake conversations I was like well son I don't know if they necessarily like maybe it's fake on your end because they seem like they genuinely wanted to know you know what yeah. you had going on but he was like but it, it's get, fake on somebody's end he get a, and, he get a feeling though Yes, yeah, it's like he, I just hate fake conversations. And I understand, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Because or having conversations it. with people you really don't want to have conversations with. Exactly, because then it it right. in turn turns into something. Well, my daughter said the same thing. So I don't know if it's like an age thing, but she said the same thing. She was like, "Well, I want to go over here to my 
Ain't house. She said, but I don't want everybody asking me how's college going. How's this when you ain't bit more picked up like the phone? Like you I didn't. She was like, I've been there since July, and ain't none of y'all picked up the phone and asked me nothing. But now y'all want to be in my face talking exactly. about how's college. So she was. She actually had that conversation. No, because that's how he was like. He was just like, those are fake. You know, why would you have to have fake conversations with people that really don't? That they do they really like care? Him. Like you know right. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I mean, I get what he's saying, but I'm just just like you know. Sometimes, maybe, sometimes it just calls where you you have to. Or fake maybe the, fake it till you make it a little bit. Maybe it's not really a fake conversation. Maybe they genuinely care about how things are going, even though they haven't had. Maybe they haven't had time to pick up the phone, right. or maybe they haven't thought about picking up the phone. They see you and they're like, I mean, I know that that's not it's necessarily. Genuine. It may be a genuine I conversation think sometimes. sometimes. It's and I think sometimes we may have an expectation of people like being more supportive, like we always say. I think that's that's why yeah. I said I think yes. it's an age thing because they don't <laughs> understand. Because my daughter swear everybody's supposed to pick up the phone and call her, you know. And it's I'm like you know we busy. I mean people are busy. But older, can't it ain't age because older people sometimes think the same. I mean that's exactly. true, but I'm yeah. just like I mean, that you should pick up the phone. That's just like you know we say that about my dad. My dad's not a calling type person. And I, I tell my, like, my brother all the time, like, you know, he'd be like, well, he don't call us. You know, mama call us two and three times a day, but that's mama. Yeah. You and know, that's different. different. You know, he's different. not going to call. So if you want to talk to him, you call him. Say something. Right. You know what I'm saying? If you feel like it's that serious where you need to get in contact with him and have some type of relationship, pick up the phone and call him. Right. I mean, yeah. you wrong just as wrong as he is. You ain't calling him either. But I bet if you need something, you know, you're going to call and say it to mama. You know, mama's just that type of person that's going to call and he's not. So, I mean, take it as what it is. You know what I'm saying? Some everybody just ain't gonna call. So listen to this conversation as a therapist, and I'm pretty sure people have come to you with these type of issues. What is your advice to them about um, uh, dealing with fake people or fake or feeling like the that people do, doesn't care? As much feeling as like people don't care, or feeling like people are supposed to only contact them and they're not supposed to necessarily reach out. Or even the fake Why people. do you feel like, I mean, I don't even know. I guess maybe they just, maybe it's just, I don't know if it's family and friends you really think that, you know what I'm saying? You think like immediate family should but call. But it comes from, that comes from, that stems from um, unrealistic expectations. Exactly. And, and it is. One thing is, you know, it starts young, got to teach your kids about realistic expectations or not even placing expectations on a person, but expectations on their relationship. Exactly. You know what I mean? Um, it happens a lot, and uh, again, that's it. The disappointment, and disappointment is one of the main feelings that people talk about when they are dealing with depression. It is. So while we talk, let's. I guess we can get to the stuff because we, we have can. a lot of questions for them. Listen to that. So, so um, one of the big things you do is domestic violence. Yes. Um, you want to kind of talk to us about that platform? Like, how did you get started with that? Um, in two thousand seven, my sister was killed by her boyfriend, and. Uh, I, uh, two days before my sister passed away, we were on the phone, probably it was Friday the, maybe the 9th, Friday the 9th, no, no, it was the 10th, August the 10th, um, and we were on the phone and she was talking talking to me about how she wanted to go to college and how she wanted to major in psychology and that, and I was, you know, I was proud of her and stuff like that. So then she was, um, she said, y'all don't know what that boy do to me. And I was just like, what are you talking about? What's that? And she, you know, didn't say nothing. She just said, well, at this time I had just had my son. She was like, oh, I can't believe my brother had a baby. We started talking about that. And then toward the, within the, the conversation, she was like, I don't know why that boy got that gun. I'm scared of that gun. So I was like, what do you mean? Did he put it on you? Did he threaten you with it? She said, no, that boy ain't crazy. 
So I told her, I said, if you, you need to let me know if that's what's happening because I'll take care of it. And she was, again, she was like, no, nah, that boy ain't crazy. So August the 11th, I went to, I went to, um, to Dallas. My cousin had just graduated from UNT. And my family, we were sitting in my uncle's house. Um, we were sitting in my uncle's house and we were like karaoke and, you know, just having fun. And then my son and her son, my sister's son was there. And they was talking about how my son looked just like my nephew. And my sister called, it's about maybe six o'clock that evening. And I asked her, why didn't she come? And she was like, I had to work. And she, you know, I said, well, I you know, wanted to see you or whatever. But then she was like, I'm tired. So I'm going to go to sleep. So I hung the phone. I told her, I said, well, call me when you get up. Um, August the 12th, about 4 in the morning, we had got we got a phone call that she had been killed. He had shot her on the head. Oh, wow. So after that, um, it was just, it was crazy. It was a lot of uh, anger. still is. You know, you never really get over it. But I didn't find out how much she went through until she passed away. She had about, um, in between 10 to 14 different police reports of domestic violence. Um, the Thursday, Thursday the, the 9th, she went to court for him because he had jumped on her at a gas station or something. And the judge on the bench gave him his gun back and told him to go back to Jackson, it was in Mississippi, to get psychiatric help. So I'm um, gonna fast forward a little bit. Um, he, they give him a plea bargain. First, they charge him with first degree capital murder. Capital murder with uh, in the commission of a felony in uh, first degree burglary. They plead him down to <coughs> manslaughter, which gave him 20 years, a $10,000 fine, and anger <coughs> murder. Um, the prosecutor walked out of the courtroom, walked up to us and said, we didn't believe that we had a we didn't have enough evidence to prosecute him, but at least we got him sometime, because he could possibly, you know, walk free or whatever. I didn't know nothing about the justice system or nothing at that time. I didn't have no understanding. I just felt that, you know, he needed to pay pay for what he did to my sister. September the ninth, uh, twenty fifteen, I get a call from Vine. And it uh, email and it says Eddie Allen will be released from prison. So he is out. He did eight years. He is out now. Um, married, raising his kids. But my niece and my nephew don't have a mama because of his controlling behavior, the actions and stuff like that. So I decided I was either gonna plan a murder or I was gonna do something to. Um, stop or end domestic violence or to be of a, to not become a problem but be a solution. So I formed the Ashley Renee Hamilton Foundation and we provide resources for victims, witnesses, and survivors of domestic violence. We're now in our, we kicked off our fundraising, uh, we kicked off our fund fundraising campaign. Our goal is to build a uh, transitional apartment complex and make sure that we're able to put uh, every like segment on the first floor, we'll put like every entity that they, that a person who uh, leaving the situation, male or female, will have like let's say a urgent care 
uh, counseling agency, um, a spa, uh, whatever they would need to go out to get, I want to make sure that I have it in one place. I want to make sure that um, victims are not being re-traumatized or re-victimized or not being believed because I walked through the system with some victims here in Oklahoma City and I am not happy with the, the way that they've been treated. So my thing is I'm, not, I'm doing a lot of it on my own because I don't want to have to answer to an attorney general who I don't have faith in um, or just the laws in Oklahoma. We're sitting at 11th in homicides as a result of domestic violence. So do you think it's not taken serious here or it's like kind of minimized? It's not, it's, it's, there, let's just say they have programs and that's it. They have programs that are in place. You have the Batters and Division program that's supposed to rehabilitate a batterer. Okay, that is psychoeducation. I don't understand why they would believe that psychoeducation would be more beneficial to helping a batterer than therapy or counseling. When so do you think? I mean, what would you think? I mean, because you honestly think that abuser can make a change? And um, not with that. I don't believe that the abuser can make a change with the person who he, who he has abused. Because once you break those boundaries, it's, you're not going to, it's not going to stop. And it's not physical. It's just not limited, limited to strictly physical. We got people in relationships right now. We have been in relationships that have been emotionally abusive. But it's not viewed as emotional abuse, emotionally abusive because we have been conditioned to believe that these type of behaviors are normal within a relationship. You know, again, when I talked about us not being taught how to be in a relationship, that's what I mean. Like, say for instance, you get mad at your boyfriend. You ain't, you ain't crap. You know, your mom ain't crap. You got to keep in mind, men and women have the same feelings. They feel the same. So what I like to do is maintain a balanced approach I like to remove the gender-specific title. If I take the fact that you're a woman off the table, and then I take the fact that I'm a man, that only leaves me to be human. You know, and uh, recently I've been working on, I've been working with um, male victims of domestic violence. They don't have any resources. They get made fun of. Ain't no way you should be letting a girl, uh, you should be able to take that, you know, but some of that stuff is um, provocative. You ain't gonna do nothing. You know what I mean? And then they tell you like, as a man, you should know to walk away. But if you got somebody following you or somebody continuing to escalate the situation, but then when you have snapped or you have, you know, done something that you shouldn't have done, now they're the victim, when no, that's not how it go. And that goes for men, men and women. So that was one of my questions. So. Because sometimes guys are put in that position like where a woman is constantly hitting and hitting and hitting. Mm -hmm. And if he turns around and hit her mm -hmm. because she has provoked him to that level, do you feel like he's wrong? Is it justified at that point? Uh, violence is never justified. Regardless of who, I don't care who it is. Man or woman is never justified. You know, however, we can't just, within the domestic violence field here, we focus strictly on victims. You know, we because I know as much as I uh, don't, I don't like the act of domestic violence, but I got to, in order to stop it, I got to understand what a batterer thinks and what a batterer feels, the pattern, behavior patterns of someone who be, would be a batterer, and I got to understand 
a, a victim, who would be a victim, what are their behaviors, where do they get it from? Females, women, often perpetrate domestic violence because they were raised in an environment where you better not hit a girl no matter if she hits you. You know what I mean? You better not hit her. That's, that's, in, that's ingrained in your head. So when you become a, a woman, oh, I should hit you and you still, you better not hit me back. I don't know. I kind of feel like way different. I know you shouldn't hit on nobody, but I just mm -hmm. feel like if if a woman is constantly like popping my say my son up, I don't I don't care if you just got a hold or whatever. Like mm -hmm. just don't but, let us sit there. But your, son, but your son should. The thing is, because he's gonna be a, a black man, you cannot. You don't go to war, and you don't go to war or something or. You don't give your enemies leverage or someone who can take your freedom I leverage. So true. instead of him touching her, the best thing for him to do is oppress charges and not feel sorry that he done it because she's a, a female. That's true. And just get out the situation and yeah. walk away. Yeah. That's the safest it's, it's, thing. It's, but that's hard to do. That's though. what I'm saying. A it's lot of people that don't just do walk that. Away. Most people don't do because that. They don't walk away. Because no, domestic don't. violence has it's a psychological, psychological torture. Okay, so you mentioned about batterers, and you said psycho. What did you say? That psychoeducation. Psycho what is psychoeducation exactly? Like, um, I've never heard of that. It's like a like we used to have like rehab rehab workers, right? Okay. And they teach you social skills, like how to make friends and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so they would they work from a curriculum. That curriculum is is really not based off of. Uh, it's not a bunch of therapists that got together who study or work with batters. It's just people within the domestic violence field, and um, it's like they it's like your substitute teacher. Your substitute teacher leave the work for you to do, and the facilitator or the teacher will pass it out. You do you do the work, and you go home. You pay twenty five dollars a week, and it's fifty two weeks. So I had um, I asked a where I did my observation hours at for I asked that company, I was like, can you provide me with outcomes of your program? Because I, I said, so what I would like to know, when I work with someone who's a victim and they say, well, my partner who was, you know, battering me or whatever was going to this program, I want to be able to say, well, this program has a 90% success rate, meaning that at 90% of the time they do not hit again or they don't engage in abusive behaviors. There's no information like that. But I promise you. And I can tell you that it's probably not. Uh, okay, so in my job, I deal with a lot of batterers. Mm -hmm. um, I work for the Department of Human Services. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you, <laughs> I've had maybe, we probably get about 80%, mm, maybe even 85% of our cases come in and they're domestic violence. Mm -hmm. um, associated or they're related to some level of domestic violence. You can... Almost relate almost all substance use and yep. all of that to back to domestic violence. A lot of times that's how we end up. So we'll end up with our kids that way. Um, and when you get a batterer, I've had most, some of them go through the whole 52 weeks. Mm -hmm. And then still. But 52 weeks is too long. But that's what I'm saying. So what happens is they have like a 52, 52 weeks. weeks what, like a it's program, a 50, the program is 52 it's like weeks long. It's like a year. Long. Yeah. And it's for the batterer. It's yeah. for the batterer. And, and you go through the program. Too. Well, and a lot of times victims are there because it depends on when you have the disc the conversation, what that looks like. So say for instance you're a victim who retaliated. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Like he beat up on you, but then nobody can really tell because it's a it's a dynamic of the relationship. Mm-hmm. So you can't really tell who the batterer is, who the victim is. Mm-hmm. When you go in and do the assessment, it looks like you're a batterer, but you might be ne- you might not necessarily be a bat- batterer. What you are is a victim who just who's p- trying to protect themselves. But you can't really. There's no way to even really distinguish between the two. Right. Uh, and then not only that, but then like I said, you've had. You have some batteries. I've had literally three cases where he was supposed. To, he went through. I had one who went through the whole. Who went to prison, got mm-hmm. out early. Um, who went through the whole class, sat in a, um, a meeting with us, and was like, "Well, what am I supposed to do when she won't do what I ask her to do?" We, that's not like wait. <laughs> Help me understand this. And a lot of times, because the characteristics of a domestically violent man is they're really charming. So sometimes they end up with their kids because our system will force a woman, damn they're homeless, Mm -hmm. with no resources, with nothing. We have nothing to give her. So when we pick up your kids, we say, you got to leave that situation. Well, if I've never worked because he's never let me work, Mm -hmm. I don't have any skill. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to work. So I don't know what I can do. What I can do may or may not help. Um, I have no housing. I can't get housing because you're talking about, and we have a program where we can put you on housing, but you have to be trying to get your kids back. Well, if I've literally forced you to the bottom Mm -hmm. and and now I'm making you crawl back up to the top, like, well, now you got to go get a job so you can try to figure out, you can show us that you can provide for your kids. And then you got to go get housing because we're not just going to give you back your kids and you're living out of your Right. Because that's I'm what here. happens. And so then he, because he's always been the provider, he has a home, he, he got money. a job, he gets the kids. All he do is go through the batteries program and he can end up with his kids because he has a better, uh, he's at a better standing than she is, so he and I mean I'm and I'm saying she. It could be a he or a she, but the person that has the control ends up being in a better position than and the they, person they that doesn't. It, they set it up like that. Mm-hmm. Batterers are calculated. They are extremely calculated. Yes, they're going to be charming, but they're going to be extremely manipulative. Extremely manipulative, and I'll tell you this: people learn to be people learn to batter. From how they were raised, if they were raised in a situation like that, or if they were, um, see, people learn to be batterers from somebody when they watch somebody batter, and those are your bullies that go to school or whatever. You know what I mean? Then you also have, and I know people, a lot of people don't like what I'm about to say, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Um, you learn to be, you learn to be a victim too. You learn to, you learn that abuse is acceptable, and so you stay. And honestly, domestic violence is a, it's a slow suicide, to be honest. Because it's a lot of... it's a People die before they make it out in a lot of cases of domestic violence. So here in Oklahoma County, in 2017, there were, I think, 82 deaths. Out of 82 deaths, 33 were women and 49 were men. Why were, okay, because the woman probably got fed up, you thinking... No, no. Because it's a lot of women abusing men. Okay, so there's, um, I've talked to somebody who had, um, okay, this girl had a baby. She had a baby by a guy who was in a relationship with somebody. Um, The girl that he was in a relationship with was pregnant. She was pregnant. You know, all that drama that goes with that. She got mad at him 
and ran him over with her car, mm -hmm. ran him to a tree, and pinned him to the tree. Mm -hmm. And then basically was just like, he lost his leg and everything in that situation. Like, how did you... Is that a domestic violence yes. situation? Okay. Yes. I'm just asking because I'm not sure. I don't know if that's a domestic well, violence. Well, she had been like, like terrorizing kind of like, and terrorizing You just get so angry Exactly. Because I don't know if that's necessarily... Well, no. She she had been terrorizing. So, it's not... That was, that was just anger, the extreme. Anger is never... Anger is never justification for becoming violent with somebody that you don't have to defend yourself with. And that's the thing. I think, you know, the mm. whole... Because I will say that... I won't say... I wouldn't say that I was a, you know, domestic violence type of... I was Nobody an abuser, right. of course. But I can't say that I've actually went to a point where I felt like, you know, I started putting my hands mm. on, you know, my significant other, whatever the case may be. And I felt like it became... A, you know, it wasn't like he ever hit me back, but it came, became to a point where I felt like... like I knew it wasn't right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I got to a point where I knew it wasn't right. And I just went to go get canceling. But, you know, I I, I haven't. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. actually, because I, I think people can change. I, I won't say that because I, I haven't literally put my hands on anyone in probably about seven years. But you know it, what I'm saying? Is this the same guy? Are you with the same guy that it happened with? He has, yeah. My, yeah the one that I, I have before. So it was so like you with the, the guy that you had before, and you were able to stop. Yes, yes. Through you said counseling. I think I just wanted, you know, it was a point. I don't think cancel. I think canceling helped. What do you think? Kinda, what do you think started that? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Maybe it was my own anger issues that I have. You know, stemming from the past. You know what I'm saying? That's what canceling tries. You know, make me real late. You know, well. Because, you know, maybe father issues or my mother wasn't there. I don't know. Because I've never seen, like, you know, been in a household where people were getting beaten or, you know, mm -hmm. things like that. I think I just get to a certain point and I get, I used to get so angry. You know what I'm saying? And I had no other, I, I felt, you know what I'm saying, where I just didn't take that other outlet just leaving. You know, and I'm not saying that I, you know, I just did major things. But I would, normally I would have slapped, you know what I'm saying, slapped somebody. That's major. But it's still mm -hmm. putting my hands on somebody. But the fact was that. I didn't, you know, I haven't, you know what I'm saying? And it didn't, I don't think canceling necessarily was like, you know, where it helped me do, but it helped me get to a point where I can actually communicate better. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Where I may have to just go in a room or, you know what I'm saying? Or maybe explain to him, you know, some things where, you know, let me go in here. Like, don't follow me. Let, right. let me just, you know right. what I'm saying? It just, let me, just, be, let yeah. me don't be, provoke me. Don't just provoke the whole situation. You know right. what I'm saying? But I haven't did it, so I think people. I mean, if they really put their mind to it, I think people could change. You know, because right. I. I mean, I wanted to make that change, and I did. But that's the key. You, your, your key word was I wanted to make that change. Exactly. I've been also working on. Um, I'm actually working on my second book, and it's um, it's going to talk about the uh, myths surrounding domestic violence and women perpetrators. Okay. Because. It's not talked about at all. And I feel like it's okay for us to be held accountable. And the only way that we're going to learn to be uh, equal, you know, within the relationship is being able to be accountable. We live in a society where, just face it, women batterers know that they can use the system. All I got to do is say, oh, he hit me, and I ain't even do nothing to him, and all they, all I, and they, and that's what make 
men accept abuse because ain't no man. If I hit her back, I'm going to go to jail. And I know somebody who who was personally going through that, and that's mm-hmm. what they said. If I hit her back, I'm going to go to jail. Right. And she knows and, that. That's and then that's the other part is um, sometimes the manipulative part of it is, in Oklahoma, the law is, if I say you hit me mm-hmm. and I and you say I hit you, mm-hmm. it can then become mutual combat. Right. right. And then we both go to jail. Yeah. Right. Or somebody has to. At right. this point, it was recently um, a situation that happens with, you know, somebody like cl- family, I would say. So basically, it was just a recent, uh, she actually killed her significant other mm-hmm. probably about, mm, say, a month ago. Um, and from what, you know, because I don't necessarily know the situation, but from what Facebook says, you know what I'm saying? It was like people had video where her coming out the whole apartment, you know, she's arrested or whatever the case may be. And it's people on there, like, talking, saying, well, she's been getting beaten by him. You know, the police wasn't coming out too much then when she was reporting it and filing the charges and doing all that when she was trying to keep him away. But, of course, she kept going back, you know, Mm -hmm. and most women probably do in situations maybe. 27 to 12 times. Okay, so, you know, you keep coming back thinking maybe, you know, he might say, I'm sorry. But she eventually came to a point where she actually took his life. You know what I'm saying? And you in jail, but... Like, what do you do? You know what I'm saying? But then I also think about the woman who they recently uh, just, part, they, was it, um, they allowed her to get they, out. They, uh, she was supposed to be on a 30-year sentence. Yeah. And she was the victim. And he got eight years, only served like four years, and then got out. But he beat her and her children. So he was like, and so. Her she the kid, one who did the warning shots? No. Okay. So I think in, she did. She was in Oklahoma. I think she did, uh, cause she it was called she's with the the one that did the warning shots wasn't in Oklahoma. You talking no, like she, she shot at the air just to try to keep him away, no. and they put it in jail. No, it's another. This one out here too. I yeah. think it was uh, it was she was with the early bird project. I think because she just got out. Uh, she just got out. Yeah, yeah. So it was mm-hmm. one that was supposed to be serving a thirty year sentence, and basically what ended up happening is she was just a victim. So, but. Because she was a victim, she got charged basically for child abuse and neglect for allowing him to to abuse her children. But he was abusing her and her children, but he got off. And that's why I don't really understand the justice system. Because what if you are trying to do everything you can to keep this man away and he's stalking you and really terrorizing you? And then you feel like the only way you can do is to protect yourself and you murder him and then you like locked away forever I don't really quite understand because it's not it's not about humanity but it's about money if I can keep if you just guess what she went to jail each night she's standing there they gotta pay now she gotta go to court the lawyer's getting paid the judge is getting paid you know and my thing is I don't like the justice system so the transitional housing is to act, act as if it's a buffer between having to go through the court system and just, you know, trying to move forward. And only as needed will I encourage somebody to go through the justice system because I have seen it fail. I mean, I've lived it. You know what I mean? I watched it. I grew up in a household with domestic violence with my mom. I've seen her fight dudes and, you know, they cussing and yelling at each other and all that kind of stuff. So, And some people think that that's love. Like, so love because, because your mom uh, went through that... Did your sister see that growing up, that same thing, like your mom being into an abusive relationship? I guess um, I'm just wondering, like, why your sister didn't say anything why to me. Why she um, My sister didn't say nothing to me because she knew that I was very protective. And this, I have a sister here in Oklahoma, 
and like we have different. We have I me and my sister in Oklahoma had the same mom, but me and my sister passed away at the same day. Okay. But they're around the same age, so they they hung together and stuff like that. And my sister asked um, Ashley if she had told me what what was going on. She said no nah, because she didn't want me to come down and get in any trouble. So um, my sister out here, she witnessed it. My sister that's that's here, she lived in Atlanta. The time my sister was killed, two weeks later, my sister called me. She was crying, and she said that her husband at the time had jumped on in front of all these people. So I'm sitting in the same spot. An integrity, same parking spot that I found that I talked to, last talked to my sister in, and then um, she called crying, said he jumped on her. So I said, "What? Okay." So I said, "Give me his number." I called him. I said, "Nigga, what's wrong with you? He putting your hand on my sister. Do you not understand? I just lost a sister like that. Don't do that. Uh, but if I kill her now, what you gonna do?" Sorry, right, bet. So. I was in the parking lot steaming, and I was like, man, how can I get to Georgia and be back for work on time? Let me go out there, handle this, get my sister, whatever. But then, you know, something kicked in was like, okay, you can't do nothing now, but I so I, I looked up my sister where she would live at, and I found the police station number. And what okay. I would do was I would do welfare calls. For my sister, right? She would call me and say, did you call the police? Yeah, yes, I did. I told them I did it. <laughs> yes, I did. So I sent her a bus ticket. Like randomly or just like when you knew something was going on? No, random. <laughs> I'm talking about if That's I woke up that morning, I was like, let me call and check them. If something didn't feel right? Yeah. I just, when I wake up, I just did it. She finally called me. I said, listen, you know you're not going back. You know that. I'm not playing that. She said, I know, I know. I know, I know. So I gave her a bus ticket, took it to, sent it to my mom's house in Mississippi at the time. Um, brought her back up here. She'd been, you know, doing her thing up here. And that's why you got to be, when you're in these type of situations, you got to be creative and you got to be open-minded. And you cannot continue to look at things that happen historically as if they continue to happen, happen that the way they happen now. Because historically, I would have been like, let me go now. I gotta, I'll be back tomorrow. I got to go handle this, but then what? Yeah. So that's what, again, I had to, it was like, I was like, man, God, what you doing to me? Why you keep messing with my sisters? You know, but then at the end of the day, I was like, God is not in every act. God is not in every act. And can nobody could lead me to believe that God had something to do with my sister being murdered or, yeah. you know, you know, or just, you know, even in that, because, you know, some people, because some of us, don't know how to comfort you or comfort a person when they're grieving. So we say some of the craziest stuff. Well, I think our go-to is like, girl, leave them alone. But sometimes it's... But you can't tell them that. It's hard. But I was going to say, because that was one of my questions. I mean, because women go back. Or even, let's say even men. Let's not even Mm -hmm. say, like you say, even use gender by far. Because I know there's men that have been abused that go back. Mm -hmm. Right. So my thing is like... Why do you, why do you, I mean, what have you actually came across? Why, I mean, why do people actually go back? What will be a reason? If you consistently getting beat and, you know what I'm saying, emotionally abused, what will be a reason that people actually give that they honestly go back to this situation? Um, there are several factors that make, that will make a person go back to something like that. And one of them is uh, lack of resources. Nowhere to go, nowhere to stay. 
Uh, a lot of them become comfortable in chaos. I would say fear. A lot of them think it is. A lot, a lot of them has is, to do with fear, fear. I feel like you because a lot of times it's, I think they'll threaten you. Like you better not leave. You better not. And so, especially if they pull the gun on you or if mm-hmm. they beat you to the point of no return, you like okay if I leave or he catch me, then what? But they also stay. I've had they also stay because <laughs> what consequences is a battery gonna get? They don't feel protected. And I can understand that. Or um, I've heard a lot of women say, like, um, there's more good days than bad. Of course. So, like, because the, well, because what they say the cycle of domestic violence is, you know your cycles. So, on Monday through Thursday, he in real good mood. Mm-hmm. He gets to Friday and um, maybe he goes out, starts drinking and hanging out. So mm-hmm. then he come home and you're going to have a real bad day that Friday. Mm-hmm. So just prepare yourself Friday and Saturday that he might you have a bad day. Mm-hmm. So Sunday, maybe you spend time, he's spending time smoothing it over. Come Monday, you got roses in your car. You shouldn't even have to live like that, though. But, but a lot of people do. I have, mean, I know, but yeah. I'm saying you but shouldn't even have to like count the days. Okay, well, no, he raised myself for... Friday. I know he's going to probably beat my ass on Saturday. And then Sunday he's going to be like, I'm sorry, because that's what they do. Mm -hmm. I'll never do it again. You know I love you. That's what they do. Right. And then... Sunday, you got you get a gift. You get a gift or you get, you know, he's he's (laughs) trying to reconcile and he's back to who he was. And I think sometimes you go, because I don't think anybody out the gate starts beating on you. It's that project syndrome, though. Right. Like, I can change him. Right. So I have a question, though. So, if you see somebody, I mean, with you being an advocate, if you see a woman, say, getting beat up on the street by her boyfriend, would you intervene? Or would you just, would you call the police? What would you do at that point? Um, I'm going to be, politically speaking, I would just call the police and I will make sure the, the situation is um, under control. I'll make sure the police make it during time. So, you would still intervene? Yes, I would intervene. I don't have that, that fear. When you're passionate about something, I know and have felt the effects of domestic violence. So I wouldn't want anyone else to have to deal with the same stuff they have to deal with on a daily basis because it still feel like it's fresh. Like every morning you wake up, you remember. I can remember, I can feel the same feeling from the from getting up. Got up out of the, I was in my in one of my room at my dad's house and I got up and um, I thought I was dreaming because it was so sad. It was crying, thinking this. I said, boy, this is a movie. It's, this, ooh, this movie kept touching. Okay. But then I got up and they said, that boy killed your sister. I said, who? What sister? And I was like, oh, man. So I picked the phone up and I called the phone and um, called it again and sent her a text message. And that's what, I mean, I was like, dang. I mean, she's gone like dead. So we ended up going to Mississippi um, that weekend. And that's when I found out about him jumping on her fighting and stuff like that. And I became, I was very angry for about a good two years. I still am angry about it because I feel like a lot of people don't care about it until it happens to somebody that they care about. Exactly. And I've always been a person that, you know, I didn't like bullies or I didn't like crimes against women or people who were vulnerable. I'm, I will stop that. You know, when you come, when you're born or you have been taught, uh, a, a pretty good set of morals, you know that violence is wrong regardless. You know what I mean? You grew up like that. I knew growing up that my mama was in a bad situation and she 
stayed too. But do you but think that? Do you think that black people are kind of taught to mind their business? That is exactly what it is. Because I, I thought about a situation driving here because I was like trying to think of some questions on my way back from Tulsa and I thought about this situation when I was a kid mm -hmm. and it was some people who lived across the street from us but not directly. They were like three houses down but I remember just being in my house and hearing her scream, just mm -hmm. screaming because he would just, he would be beating the shit out of her mm -hmm. and nobody would ever call the police. It was just, it just kind of became the norm. But you know, and that type of stuff as silence perpetuates domestic violence and um We've been taught, of course, our, what happens in our is, is our business. But black people barely go to the doctor. Okay. You know, they barely go to the doctor. <laughs> you know what I mean? They don't go to the doctor when it's problem, or they don't pay attention to the signs, signs that their body's giving them. So when you tell somebody, even with counseling, right? I tell people all the time, it's okay to get help for your mental health. It's a in fact if you don't have mental health, what do, how are you gonna know how to handle your physical? Exactly. You're not going to. And if you're worried about your business being put out in the street or in your house, therapists or counselors are binded by HIPAA laws, which is the privacy laws. You can't violate that. You get fined and lose your license. So technically, if you go to counseling, your business stays in your house, but in a counselor's office as well. Two places. That counts even a subpoena, you really you can't go into detail. You gotta go into general things that you work work working on with the client. Mm -hmm. So even with domestic violence. So do you think sometimes some of the silence comes from um, the resources other people put into helping somebody with leave? Cause so say for instance, like um, I got a cousin or a sister and I, she's being hit on and beat on and mm -hmm. I go the first time I ever hear about it I go I rescue her yeah. rescue the kids mm -hmm. I get her a brand new apartment I buy her a car I'm trying to help give her these resources and two days later he's back over there mm -hmm. so then they go back through the cycle again I guess everything's alright for a little while you know yeah, and then yeah. it happens again he beats shit out of us and you go back and over you there. go back over there you yes. rescue her again mm -hmm. and you you know you you put all your money into that situation and you move her and the kids mm -hmm. and then you know two months later this time he's back over there mm -hmm. and you're like okay look I literally have spent in the last two months I've spent mm -hmm. $700 or I've spent thousands time. of dollars even if you trying, don't spend money exactly. it's, it's, you don't have right. to spend a dollar time. but the fact because, that I came over exactly. here right. sometimes and, you do you kind of back off of it because when it comes because it starts to become an issue especially when it's family or friends that may be in a situation and you constantly come over or it could be something where it can get you in trouble altogether. you know what I'm saying you calling me to come help and I'm coming to help, you know what I'm saying? But the fact of the matter is, like, you know, any, you go back, I take you, you know what I'm saying? It's the fact, you know, you, at some point you're going to start thinking, like, what, what, what am I doing? Right, what am I doing? Like, I'm I need not, to come around her for what at this point? Like, like I'm not helping. Like, every time is. I, because y'all are just literally utilizing whatever resource I give you at this point, right. and then you just keep going back. Or just like, like you said, seven to twelve, you know, seven or twelve times that a woman times goes back. Times 50. Sure. Right. With some of the people I know, times 50. I mean, they literally constantly go back, go back, go, go back, go back. And I I mean, 
I don't, I mean, I guess, and I've never been, you know, and so I don't know how it is, you know, with the situation, but, but I just feel like, you know, when you're getting beaten on at some point and you get a way out, you know, why go back? But I, I say that just not knowing, because matter of fact, I remember a situation when I was younger. My mom wasn't with my dad at this point, but was with another man. And I remember going over there to visit or whatever the case may be is and I remember this man used to beat on her all the time you know like I remember not her you know how you hear the argument but you know I never seen him hit her or nothing like that but I used to see physically you know that she had black eye whatever the case may be and I remember one time you know she must have called my cousin you know and said you know she was gonna leave so somebody somebody in the family packs us up you know like okay let's get away we need to get out of her she went back you know what I'm saying? I remember being over there again, and then her eye, I remember her eye being, like, swollen, swollen, lips swollen. Like, you know, he must have went in. You know what I'm saying? So I remember my mom just waking us up one day and saying, you know, just get your stuff on. You know, just get your stuff on. It was like one of them things where, you know, in the movies you see. Right. Like, Tina. You know what I'm saying? And she, like, getting the kids. Ooh, that's so and sad. then I remember my cousin sitting at a store somewhere. And then I'm like, I got, you know, like, my mama must got the baby. I must got, you know, my sister. And we just running. I remember running to this store where we can actually literally jump in this car where my cousin can take off. And she went back. We didn't go back ever over there, but she went back. You know what I'm saying? It's just the point. Like, I don't... Because, y'all, you got to understand it's psychological warfare. They're going to go back. There's something called battered, battered woman syndrome. Also, uh, Stockholm syndrome as well. They're going to go back. They're what was the going second to syndrome? go back. Stockholm. Uh, Stockholm syndrome. Oh, okay. So I've um I've had a situation with a young lady who came from Houston. Her boyfriend done so much stuff to her, you know. So I got a call and went over to the house where she was at. She was laying in the bed. I said, Oh, how you doing? She said, I'm okay, I'm all right. I said, Are you? She said, Yeah, I'm all right. I said, okay. I said, You know you're gonna die, right? She said, Yeah, but I don't know what to do. So you want to go? I said, you want to go grab something to eat? She said, what time is it? I said, uh, it don't matter. Let's just go get something to eat. She said, no, nah, I can't eat. I said, what do you mean? She said, because he won't let me eat. I said, oh, who? Yeah, her boyfriend or whatever. I said, do you realize that you're in the Oklahoma City? Girl, put your clothes on and come on. So she came. I took her. Um, I got her, uh, I went and bought her some clothes. I uh, took her to, and mind you, when we're driving, I'm talking to her about it, or let her talk. And so she, I said, what's going on? She said, um, I just, I mean, he, he jumped on me. He said, I got on the bus. And uh, I came, you know, he said he broke my ribs and broke my nose and you know, he say he, he say he loved me more than he loved them other girls. But he don't love them other girls, but he loved me more. So, okay. So, we're driving. I took her to Barnes & Noble. I got her a, a, a dark coloring book and some colored pencils. I um, talked to her some more, let her talk. And she said, I said, she said, nobody has ever has asked me. They always judge me. Nobody just let me talk. I never, I stopped asking why. I stopped asking why. So I took her, she got a full body massage. Um, she was able to talk to my massage therapist, like, you know, hey, this is what's been going on, whatever. So she 
you know, if, again, we continue to talk, let her talk or whatever. And so she said, I want to go back so bad right now. I said, why do you want to go back? He said, because it's embarrassing. And, you know, they, they just going to gonna make fun of me or whatever. So I went there after I got a, got a full full body massage. I took her to get her hair did. And her makeup. She got her hair done and got her makeup. Um, again, she sent me pictures of being happy. I took her, got her something to eat too. She um, was happy, whatever. And again, I talked to her about, you know, it takes courage to leave and you did it. You know, I, I, I'm proud of you for doing it. And I understand that you're human and you're going to make mistakes. You know, I believe you. You know, I don't have no reason not to believe that it happened to you. Um, but now, so what are you going to do now? How, what do you want to do? And I know it's still fresh. You don't get it yet because you're just out of it. Um, about a week later, she went back. I knew she would go back. But do you think that some people are like attracted to like toxic relationships because they're related to love? Because then you say she said he didn't love those other girls. He loved me more. Absolutely, and that's why I have a slogan that, and it's I don't know if y'all follow me on Facebook, but it's love doesn't hurt. And when I say that, a lot of people be like, "Yes, it do." What about your kids? That's not what I'm talking about. They don't exactly. even sense. Even your kids' love don't hurt you. No, it don't. You know what I'm saying? If it hurts you, then it's not love. Disappointment will hurt you. You know, so I do, I've had, that's where it came from because a lot of people who are victims believe that the person loved them or they'll say in relationships now, if your partner appears to be jealous, some women would be like, oh, he jealous because he loved me. Oh, he's so worried about exactly. me. But that is abusive. So that was the next question is like, what are the warning signs? Like before we close out, like what are the, some of the warning signs that women should look at? Um, well, one, one, uh, one side I will look at is how does this person, male or female, um, treat other people inside, other people outside of his family and outside of his family and his uh, how he interacts with people inside his family as well. I will look for um, jealousy. Jealousy is, jealousy is a big red flag. Um, if they're manipulative, that, that's a red flag. If they gaslight you, meaning if they want you to believe that your reality is not real, you know, or they ignore what you say you need fixed, you know. Um, so go further into gaslighting because some people, you know, you hear the word gaslighting a lot. And like give an example of somebody like gaslighting. Like um, say, for instance, uh, uh, a batter who hits a woman and the woman says, you remember when you hit me? Girl, you know I didn't hit you. What are you talking about? What you mean? You know I didn't hit you. When when did I hit you? So totally Why are you making this stuff up? Like, you crazy. You know, because, you, know, exactly. you know, watch out for people who are condescending, too. They're not going to have a filter. They're going to be more um, behind closed doors. They're going to be volatile. You're going to be the only person to see an anger, anger, anger episodes. They're going to be people who have a, who have had a substantial amount of trauma inside of their life, childhood. They're going to be people who um, are used to getting their way. They're going to be people who, um, I will say, it, it doesn't, domestic violence doesn't have like a socioeconomic status or gender or anything. It can pretty much happen to anybody. But the red flags to look for 
when you are even just dating, just pay attention. You know, don't create these perceptions in your mind that, you know, and that's the only thing you look for because what happens when you miss red flags is because you've already planted in your mind what you are looking for, so you're going to look for that, and then you're going to miss out on flags that could potentially save your life. I think sometimes people also um, don't recognize the emotional abuse. And I was going to say that too because emotional abuse is the start of domestic violence. Mm-hmm. It's the it's not a case on the planet that of domestic violence that you cannot say that there was an emotional abuse to start it off. Okay. Because batterers they they search for remember they're calculated, so they search for what they can get away with. If they can get away with calling you a bitch, then they're going to escalate. If they get away with calling you stupid or making your uh, accomplishments belittling them and stuff like that, and they get away with it, it's going to escalate. It may not escalate the physical. It may con- consistently be emotional abuse. Which is you horrible. have relationships. It is. That's, That's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. It could be strictly. Which can lead into a whole other situation like suicide. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Depression. Anxiety. Exactly. I, can't, I had a Caucasian man. Uber drive. I was riding with him one day. He said, uh, what do you do? I told him what I did. He said, that's what I'm going through right now. So, oh, he said, I'm in the court. And I said, I, if i known what I knew now, I would have just stayed. I would have never reported. Nobody wants to believe me because she's a woman. And they just don't believe me. You know, he said, I just don't know mm-hmm. what else to do. And, you know, in the last couple of weeks, I've received about maybe two or three calls of um, people who need to get out of situations, but they can't, and they're stuck. And, you know, and that made me think about, yeah, I have my long-term goal, but I need to get a shelter now. So that's what I've been working on, getting an, at least an emergency shelter exactly. so that I could have somewhere for them to go. And I, and I, for men, I, right? For both. For both. For both. So, what yeah. about the women's shelter? Is that like the well, women's they're, 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 fi- they're filled. They're always filled. They are. Um, and also, you got to think about this. Unfortunately, you don't have a lot of resources for men that mm-hmm. you have for women. So, say for instance, I'm a right. man who's in a domestically violent situation and I have a kid. Absolutely. They don't get so weak. Don't apply to them. Women, mm-hmm. infant, and children. You cannot get a man weak. He don't mm-hmm. get weak. I don't care. Mm-hmm. The same baby. The mama could get that weak. Can get that voucher. Mm-hmm. He cannot get that voucher. So you telling me that I need to leave her, mm-hmm. and I don't have no resources um, for him to get housing and things like that. Mm-hmm. Kind of stuff is embarrassing, and a lot of men Absolutely. have have pride issues. I don't right. want to go stand in the food stamp line. Exactly. I don't want to go stand waiting on housing. I, you know, I'm taught that I'm supposed to be a provider, and right now right. I'm not able to provide. And so when I go back home, though. Granted, you know, maybe she's still, you know, whoever she is. But, yeah. I mean, if I take this baby with me, mm-hmm. you know, what if I want to leave? But What if I'm only here because I know how she acts? Mm-hmm. I don't want to leave my baby there. Yeah, If I take that baby yeah. with me. Shelters. Right. If I take that baby with me, where am I supposed to go? There are no shelters. I haven't heard of one that taking in men and children. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, and in this day and age, more men are becoming full-time father. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yours would be like co-ed, it would be men and women? I wanted, it would probably have to be separate. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But just for safety safety measures. Not really safety measures, but 
it'd be um, separated. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but that's yeah, the thing. Like, they so, can start yeah. relationships and stuff, and you know, they might not. You like this? Take what this is. what this is. Yeah, yeah. You got your own. I'm talking to you. You got it. Yeah. yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But yeah, I mean, for me, and it would be, I could see how that would be really hard just to walk away or to leave. Like, yeah. if I I'm need, the, to even report it. Yeah. You know, I call the police yeah. and I tell them she hit me. Exactly. And they start laughing because I've heard of incidents where they laugh at me. They do. Even no. the policemen. But exactly. you got to keep in mind some of these high ranking officials and policemen, they do it too. Yeah, they do. Because oh. I know too. a situation where a police officer was beating the heck out of, you know, his wife. And that's probably really not no, you know, gonna be believed, you know, with mm-hmm. a, somebody as far as in because they think they're in uniform. Some think exactly. They're, some some of them think they're above the law. Yes. Exactly. Even the judge, some of the judges that do it, some of the judges do it too. Yeah. Some of the it is it's people ridiculous. are people. Yes. Yeah. No matter your position, and maybe like, even status, yeah. because you know, um, the lady that uh, originally um, established the YWCA, I want to say she got killed in a domestically violent. Um, relationship. Mm. Um, I want to say that she did. The lady that was over the domestic violence pro, uh, program here mm. actually got killed by her husband um, in a domestically violent relationship mm. because it's a status thing. Right. So, like, if my husband has status, I have status. Our kids are well taken care of. Mm-hmm. He's beating on me. I'm gonna stay, but my kids are taken care of. Right. Exactly. And they often use the kids against. <laughs> The, yeah. per, the one the, the victim. So are you partnered with any other programs here? Um, no. Nah. I my our diff, I would say difference in opinion and I'm not willing to bend what I know based off, you know, my experiences and what I do as a profession. Okay. You know what I mean? Um within even pastors. Do you know that there's been several pastors wives that are going through domestic violence? You know that there are some pastors who use the Bible to keep people in abusive situations. You know, um, oh, wow. it is. I've never even thought that. Terrible. Yeah. Never. Because you don't leave that. your husband. You yeah. don't get a divorce. That's not a reason to get yeah. a divorce or divorce your husband. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and I get it. Like I said, don't make some pastors' wife because you get to doing. You get to doing that. I'm giving you the uh, two fingers. But if somebody yeah. in this situation want to reach out to you, where can they reach you? Oh, you can find me on Facebook at um, the ARH Foundation, or you can give me a call at 405-446-5597. Email me at the ARH Foundation. I also have a fundraiser going on now. Let's get together. Let's um, make a difference. Let's save some lives. Where to be a better place. Exactly. So as far as your fundraiser, like what do you, are you, is it just monetary? Are you collecting clothes? Like what are you Um, collecting for your fundraiser? I got I got something I'm working on now. Um, it's gonna be in the concept of storage wars. Okay. So I wanna um, I gotta get with my board or whatever. We're gonna collect like things and kind of put into the storage and then do a little uh, bid on the stuff like that. Okay. Um, I got a monetary fundraiser. I did that through Facebook just for um, the, the time being. And again, that's so I can open a shelter up a shelter immediately as soon as possible. Um, I'm also working on a a gala. I want to do like a a gala um, for like a domestic violence awareness or something. I'm doing that. Probably looking. Nice. I'm looking at October the 29th, maybe. Um, 
again, you know, our main goal is to build a transitional apartment complex, apartment okay. building. Okay. Um, do you wear purple a lot? For domestic yeah, violence. You no, know, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> he got the purple Jordan, the purple, purple polo shirt. Right. 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 He represents today. Right. <laughs> so are you you're on Facebook? Uh-huh. Are you on any other social media platform? Uh I got uh Instagram as at D A R H Foundation. Also just Clinton Clinton Patton. Okay. Um what else? I don't have anything else right now. So how did you find us? Well, I, I don't know. He followed me or I follow him. I don't know. Both, and I, yeah, I think we both follow each other, so. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, yeah. we appreciate you. Tea. Yes. <laughs> and we do appreciate you coming <laughs> appreciate you, you yes. coming to talk about it. No, I appreciate y'all. <coughs> I'm so, sorry, y'all. We need to close that. Uh-huh. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm choking. <laughs> y'all know Capri closed us out, okay, so we don't let sorry. her get it all together. Go ahead and so tell her a couple my life things. Together. Okay, so. Uh, a few things that we got going on first. Hold on, y'all. <laughs> Okay. Now I tell you, I suppose it's out before you don't tell you, you want to take it over. Yeah. I just sweat. <laughs> got M&M's in my mouth right now. Y'all know I'm always eating on something. And I'm sorry. I don't know why I start choking. I feel like sometimes I'll be swallowing down like the wrong pipe or something. Anyway, um, so coming up, we have our January 20th. Um, January 7th. January 20th? Yes. Okay. It is. January 20th. We can go out of town. I'm thinking the 17th. Out of town. Okay. January 20th, um, we have our next live event. Um, and that will be um, at the Ice Event Center. We are going to do a piece in the community, um, just kind of in light of all of the different um, violence, violent situations we've had in the community. We would like to kind of sit down and kind of have a forum and talk about that. And we have Tavi, um, the poet from Poetic City. Um, is it Poetic, Poetic City? City. Poetic. Okay, <laughs> Poetic City. And then we also have Stop the Violence, who will be joining us as well. Um, January 20th, you guys, it's a free event starting at 7 p.m. We do the meet and greet from 7 to 7.30. And then at like 7.30, we'll get started. And we, like I said, don't try not to go overnight. We've kind of pushed it to about 9.30. I think it's the yeah, latest we kind of stuck with. We, yeah, stick with, we try to stick with the 9 o'clock um, time. Um, so you guys come out and join us on that one. It'll be a really good talk, I think, on that. Um, and then we are in February. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> well, right now, let's go here. We're looking for dates and eligible bachelors for Dante. We are. We need three men who will date Dante. Who will go on a date. <laughs> who are going on a date on night, a date night with, Dante. with Dante. But you have to be willing to come on the podcast and do our live podcast with us February 14th at Pony Boys. So um, anybody that is wanting to go on a date night with Dante, please reach out to me, uh, Mika, or either Capri on yeah. any one of our social medias, and we'll get to we'll we'll there is an application process. Yes, there is. Oh, is it? So we're gonna be yeah, asking some gonna questions. So we definitely <laughs> will be asking some questions um, to see if you qualify. But if you are willing to do that, go ahead and hit us up and let us know. And then. Um, that's everything we have going on for right now. We'll, we'll be, be in D.C. Um, in January in a couple weeks. Well, not even a couple. Well, not less than a couple, couple weeks. Yeah, a couple. So a week from Friday, we'll be in D.C. Um, out there networking. We have an author who reached out to us, and we'll be doing a recording with her as well. Um, so I'm kind of excited about that. And then we got another photo shoot coming up soon. So we got some stuff we're pushing out soon here for we you do. guys. Um you guys know you can catch us on Seattle Hip Hop Radio every Monday and Friday, 9 a.m. Central Standard Time. Um, we are on, um, shout out to Tony for that. Um, I always say shout out to Tony. You guys go upload, download, 
the um, app is on all of your uh, mobile devices. And then um, you can just pull it up on your desktop as well if you want to listen to it that way. And then um, we are on Spotify, Anchor, um, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and SoundCloud. We release a new episode every Sunday um, by 1 o'clock, hopefully, sometimes about 1.32, depending on how what's going on in my life at that time. Um, and then we are on Instagram, we are on Twitter, and we are on Facebook. All of them is Mocha Tea Podcast, so M-O-C-H-A. T-E-A, and then podcast. You just search on any of those um, platforms and you'll catch us. We are almost at 600 on Instagram, but we have surpassed 600 yes, followers on um, Facebook. We're almost at 700 followers on Facebook. So um, shout out to everybody who's followed us within the last week. I like the page. Um, and then if you guys want or have any inquiries or bookings, we're at Mocha T2018. So that's M-O-C-H-A-T-E-A. 2018 at gmail.com and we are out. Peace.